Welcome back to Season 2 of the Faith in Development podcast brought to you by Tear Fund. My name is Sabine Husi and I'm your host for this, our final conversation of this season. It has been a year since we launched this season on gender and protection and what a year it has been. So we'll be finishing the season in the same way we started, in conversation with members of Tear Fund's Gender and Protection Unit, reflecting on these past 12 months. So you'll hear from three of my colleagues, Solange Bonigaba, who leads our survivor movement work. She's based in South Africa. Nina Somera, our gender-based violence in emergency specialist, who is based in the Philippines. And Uwezoleli, our transforming masculinity advisor, who will be speaking to us from the Tier Fund office in the DRC. So we'll be talking about the things that inspired us, challenged us, and also gave us hope. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So, hi team. Um, I cannot believe it's been a year since we last recorded, since we, since we had the first conversation of this podcast. And uh, really looking back, we've explored so many themes during this season. You know, some of those themes have been around, you know, what is Tier Fund's approach to ending uh, sexual and gender-based violence. So we've looked at what is transforming masculinity as an approach. We've looked at the journey to healing uh, as an approach. Um, we've had some incredible people uh, come and speak with us, some um, incredible and interesting women. Uh, Esperande, who is the co-lead of the Pepisa movement in South Africa. We've had uh, Reverend Martha as well, uh, who leads a, a small organization. Um, we've had so many people who experts working um, around GBV. We've also looked at women's leadership and what it means to run an organization. So for the last episode of um, this season on gender and protection, I wanted us to reflect back over the year. Uh, so we had our first conversation in November 2021, and now we're in November 2022. So really over the last year, what would you say you have seen in the work that we do uh, as a team, even in Tier Fund, that has inspired you? And uh, I'd love to start with uh, um, Nina. Thank you, Sabine. I think um, what always inspires me is um, or are the opportunities when when I get to work with people who put a premium on on quality and integrity, especially when they are working under difficult circumstances, and it is inspiring. For example, for instance, um, knowing how individuals and groups themselves affected by crisis organize themselves to protect and support each other. So we have heard a lot of volunteer groups which emerged. Um, in the aftermath of the conflict in Ukraine. The burnout among them is quite real, but they still continue up to this time when the conflict is already um, almost a year old. Yeah, no, thank you. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think the people that uh, we meet and we work with, they have, they're going through so many difficulties, but at the same time, really working tirelessly 
um, to make a better life. Uh, Solange, what would you say has inspired you over the last year in our work? Uh, first and foremost, we were able to meet face to face. After three years of COVID-19, we, we had lost even hope that we will make it. And uh, as a team, finally we met. That was really something that sparked so many enthusiasm in us, uh, especially me as a person who likes social gathering. And the second thing uh, that uh, inspired me maybe to increase and to even think further on how we can be more meaningful in the lives of the, the communities and the families and individuals that we support. It's to focus on the, the aftermath as COVID had really exacerbated the issues of sexual gender-based violence. The cases have increased drastically and that wanted again for us as a team to respond with the robust strategies and the energy, you know, to increase the more of what we were using. If it's resources needed more, if it's a time it needed more, if it's a, everything needed more because the issue has been uh, escalated to the higher level for us, but the good thing that came out in my own view when I, I've seen, I saw survivors still with the hope that they still hope for life, that inspired me. And even if there were no resources, I felt like that voice of survivors saying, we are ready to speak, we are ready to stand, we are ready to, to, to do things on our, with their, our own resources that inspired me more and that's how we were able to to support them to at least come up with a, a, a name like in in one of the countries they were able to create a network to show that they are committed if we can come in they are ready thank mm. you that inspired me a lot mm. no thank you so much thank you thank you Solange. and and Wezo, how about you what is there that has inspired you yeah, uh, thanks, Sabine. Yeah, many things inspired me uh, during the last year. And uh, one of the things I want to share here, it's about the excitement uh, from, from external uh, to TF Fund and internally in TF Fund about the different interventions we are doing on SGBV, especially for the transforming masculinity. I've seen uh, a lot of demand from many, many countries within our organization and out of our organization. And for example, this year uh, we were asked to facilitate a training of trainers for an external partner, Faith to Action Nairobi. And I believe that transforming masculinity, it's a good uh, approach for TFON to contribute, you know, to achieve the vision TFON has, and also to help people to uh, restore their relationships, and also to contribute to the human rights. Uh, most of people have been uh, going through uh, under uh, the, the different uh, violation of their rights. So yeah, about the work Fund is doing and the other aspect is the thematic focus we have developed and this will help us maybe, you know, 
to go deeply in what we are really doing and to see if it's possible to build of what we have we have doing uh, in the past and to see how to improve the different work we, we did and uh, also some adaptation needed to be done according to the lesson we, we have observed in the past. Mm, no, thank you. Thank you very much. I think there is quite a lot, a lot, um, a lot there. And, and I think personally for me, the, uh, what I would say has inspired me um, over the last year, I think it's this team, is the Gender and Protection Unit. I, I am always um, in awe of the incredible talent and expertise that we have um, in this team. And, uh, and the level of uh, humility, um, integrity uh, that we have as a team and all the team members from, you know, Uezo, Solange, um, uh, Nina, uh, Francesca, Luke and Mary, but just really um, seeing how we work together and how we're passionate about the work that we're doing and, and that we do, you know, we do our best. And I think uh, Solange mentioned the fact that we met in Nairobi we met as a team at the beginning um, of this uh, of this year and it was really an opportunity to kind of really come together meet physically hug you know dance together and and just really celebrate but also plan for um the way forward so i feel really inspired um and it's such a privilege for me to to actually lead um this team and the other thing that inspired me over the last year is the women is <laughs> the women that we work with who are working tirelessly in difficult uh, circumstances. The women, uh, as uh, you know, Nina talked about uh, in, uh, in Ukraine, the women in, in South Sudan, the women in the DRC, in Mali, in Chad, uh, in Nepal, uh, you know, in various countries where Tier Fund has been working to address the issue of sexual and gender-based violence. Just, they inspire me. They, they inspire me and they really are the reason why we do this work. So we have been inspired, but I, I presume we have also been challenged, isn't it, by what we have seen. So are there things that uh, have challenged you over the last year in our work? If we start with you, Wezo. Yes, there were many, many challenges, especially related to travels. For example, uh, this year I was invited to attend the Sexual Violence Research Initiative Conference in Mexico. But I was not able to travel due to visa constraints. Uh, the same thing happened while I was able to travel. To, I was planned to travel to Bangladesh. Also, the visa was another issue. So uh, despite these challenges, I think uh, there are other challenges we are trying to, to, to solve, like uh, you know, working remotely when it's possible, and also to make a good plan. But uh, in general, uh, challenges for me are related to trips. And the other challenge is about the high demand of uh, you know, supporting countries, for example, internally and externally, unfortunately, to fund. So that's the big challenge uh, I faced. And uh, I think in the coming months or weeks, you know, we'll be able to address all these challenges as we are making a good plan to have more people who will be trained on the transforming masculinity. Mm, no, thank you. Thank you, Wes. And I think that's quite an important, um, you know, point that you're making, um, the fact that, uh, you know, the demand and the need is so great um, that sometimes the resources that we have around us are not 
enough. It can be resources in terms of finances, um, funding, or it can be resources in terms of people who are actually doing this work. And as a as a master trainer on transforming masculinities, you are constantly in demand. And uh, and and we hope that. Uh, you know, we can create, I suppose, you know, we can uh, develop more people like you so that, um, you know, that demand can be met. Um, Nina, how about you? Is there anything that has challenged you over the last year in terms of the work that we do? I think the main challenge for me is, um, in, in one word, investments, serious investments on um, gender justice that puts women's rights really at the center of the work that we do. And um, and I guess that is um, uh, symptomatic of, um, of how organizations also adapt with, um, with pressures from the outside. So, so for example, when we use gender as a strategy, sometimes as a process, we miss gender as an analytical concept. We fail to see GBV as a product of gender inequality, we sometimes divorce it from social movements or even um, histories, and so and so we end up with um, with sometimes with with um, with a with a dilution of um, of the advocacy around it and its intersections. So so sometimes I feel that um, this also keeps us from. Being um, being outspoken um, in articulating human rights, we renege from protection at a time when there is a lot of pushback um, against the gains that um, women's rights have made. So, so there are still some challenges um, with regards to addressing um, people's access, especially women's access to our rights and um, people's access to their sense of security. Mm, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think there's a, the, the word investment that you've just said is uh, is really uh, critical. Um, and these are constant conversation that um, uh, I guess we have uh, in Tier Fund, but also externally, I suppose other organization also think about that, you know, how do we invest better and, uh, and intentionally as well? Uh, Solange, how about you? Anything that has challenged you? Hmm, definitely. I've been challenged. If I build on what uh, Nina just shared uh, around investment, uh, for me, I'm not taking the same line as, as her, but I go on how I observe the struggle at the community level. The community we serve, they are under pressure. The cost of life has gone too high. And because our investment are so, again, limited, you find impact is always a, a challenge because we, you find a person crying and you almost leaving a person crying. How does that affect you as a person? It's, it's really a big challenge on my side. And the, the second part of my challenge, this work that we do, it shouldn't be seen as a project. You know, a project has a start and the end. Us, it's, it's just modeling, you know, it's, it's an approach that needed to be embedded in the, in the, in the life of individual that really affirmed by the level of transformation. 
Therefore, it cannot be defined as a project. It is a process, a continuous process, whether it's transforming masculinity, whether it's genital healing, it's, it's, it's a continuous process. A person or a community or a church has a to step in and then they continue with that. And that is linked with the challenge that I saw uh, maybe at the organizational level where countries' offices are not able to retain good staff. Good staff who have really started equipped to, to, to supervise or to journey with the partner to do things. And the, the next minute you find that person is gone. And then when you are an advisor or someone who build the capacity of the country staff or partners, you find you, 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 you keep on starting. The work is not moving forward. That has been a big challenge. And I believe if we were to move forward, we needed to find a way those people that we build the capacity to take over or to lead this work in the country, at the country level or community level, we need to be strategic on how to retain them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Solange. Yes, um, I think you, yes, building capacity, um, supporting the different countries where, where we work, um, you know, I think it's about so it's also about investment, uh, what you were talking about, uh, how you invest and sometimes you don't necessarily see um, the return. It's a real challenge uh, to us. So I think for me, um, two things uh, challenged me during this year. Uh, so the challenge that I've had um, and that I have been reflecting on is, you know, how can we ensure that as a, I guess, as an organization or even as a, you know, as a team, that we work more intentionally with women-led um, organizations because the reality is that these women who are leading these organizations really ha don't have enough resources. Um, they don't have enough opportunities, I suppose, in terms of funding, etc. But us as, a, as an organization, as Tier Fund, uh, we do have those opportunities. So the challenge for me has been, you know, how can how can we be more intentional, you know, in TFN to work more with those uh, organizations and those partners and really collaborate um, better because they, they're doing really amazing work. It's just that that work isn't um, showcased um, in the right way. So a real challenge um, for us. So we have been inspired and um, we've been challenged, but is there, are there things that give you hope? So in the midst of all these challenges, are there things that you have seen that have given you hope? To be honest, this is not a very good time for, for the women's movements, considering from where, um, from, from, from where um, we came from. So for example, when you think of you know, that decade of, um, of conferences where, where we were able to articulate as we a lot of our visions. So, and those of us who, who identify with these movements have seen a lot of setbacks this year, but also gains. But I still have hope on women, on women, on women especially coming from the communities, because even, even though 
we are not seeing um, a movement that resembles what it used to be in the past, I think there is also some diversification that's happening. So maybe our task is to really nurture whenever there are some women leaders that are emerging, especially the younger leaders, especially those that are coming from the communities, because these are the these are also the women who, who are actually operating based on their grit and their guts. So I think that's um that's one area of hope that I want to always focus on. Mm. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Uezo, any any anything that you see as hope? Um yeah, uh, the hope for the work we are doing is uh to see that uh the, the, the partner we are working with, especially the ch local church, how the church is committed to take this work forward and uh, how the faith leaders, community leaders are engaged when they are trained and they are committed to the work, especially at community level. And they agree that, you know, the church should play more than what they are doing. So this is something uh, which is giving hope when they are aware of the problem of the issue of gender inequality of the issue of SGBV in the community, they can take the responsibility, you know, of moving this work forward. So this is a, a big hope I'm seeing in the community we are working in. And uh, the other aspect, it's about, uh, you know, this kind of work up for many, many networks, which are now uh, coming up in different uh, from different uh, contexts, we can see NGOs, we can see women associations, and everyone is more involved in uh, how we can find the solution or how we can end this issue. So this is giving hope to say, one day, you know, we'll find solution to the problem. So, and this is really an encouragement saying that we need to continue the work. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. Solange, how about you? Uh, for me, the hope comes from God, always. Other than that, what we see with our eyes, it's a, a bit challenging, especially when it comes on those uh, challenges that we mentioned. Uh, but I know God is saying, fear not, for I am with you. Then that becomes a, a strong support for me as individual. But when it comes on the program on its own, I've seen women not giving up. They don't give up. They, they, they had it enough. They are ready to do anything to improve on the life of the, the next generation. Therefore, I, 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 I don't have it to fear. If these women who are happening to have victimized, you know, abused standing on their two feet and saying no we are here we don't want what happened to our children that what happened to us to happen to the, our children then why should i fear the hope is there only that we needed to be again strategic and uh, find a way to invest more but there is a hope another mm -hmm. area that increased the, the hope on my side is Uwezo mentioned that the role of the church 
interfacing with the government. If they come together, there is enough resource that mm. can really support us to do what we are doing well and, uh, and concisely and uh, ready to achieve an impact that will be filled and felt by everyone at the community level. Thank mm. you. No, thank you very much. Thank you. So I think on my side, I will say what really gives me hope is um, is the the younger generation, as Nina mentioned. So recently, I was at um, we were at a conference, the Sexual Violence um, Research Initiative Forum in September, um, and uh, and uh, I was uh, moderating a panel on uh, the issue of uh, female genital mutilation or cutting, and one of the speaker, the panelists, uh, a, a young woman really spoke powerfully about uh, what she's doing in the community to um, to end this practice of female genital mutilation or cutting. And what she was saying is that you need to listen to us. Um, you know, you need to listen to the voice of young people because people think that young people do not have solutions, but actually we do have solutions uh, on issues that affect us. So we need to really listen um, to, to us. So it's, uh, it's the voices, the young women um, uh, like that. So her name is Natalie. Uh, young women like Natalie who are doing this work, who are engaged and interested, um, just seeing them just really gives me hope uh, that we can end this. So, um, so we know, as you know, we are we are also about to start the 16 days of uh, activism against gender-based violence. And for our audience, uh, this is a global campaign that takes place every year, and it starts on the 25th of November, which is the International Day Against Violence Against Women, and ends on the 10th of December, which is the International Human Rights Day. And as a team. We usually uh, are quite busy around this time um, of the year, uh, supporting countries, but also uh, doing various various things. So I, I wanted to 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 ask, uh, you know, what what is it that we can do to encourage people to do during this time, during these sixteen days? So how can we encourage people to to act? Um, what is the kind of call to action during these 16 days for the audience who is listening to us um, or even, uh, you know, or anyone? Is there anything that we might encourage them to, to do during this time? Yeah, I think uh, what I can ask people to do, uh, it's to reflect on how they are doing to combat this uh, violence, which is happening around us. It's something which is happening in our families. It's happening at church level. It's happening in our communities. So if it can be a personal question, how am I contributing to end this issue? This will be a good question to start and uh, to check if something wrong or something uh, related to STBV is happening around me and how can I also stop that? Mm. Uh, this is the first uh, point. So that I think it's good for people to to be cautious of the problem, then we can find a solution together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Nina? What they often say is that um, six, the 16 days of activism um, is an opportunity to highlight gender-based violence, but um, we shouldn't be limited to the events alone. 
So instead, let's focus on the processes. So something that lasts beyond the 16 days of activism. Because otherwise, if we focus on events, it's so easy to forget about them. After, after November 25, by December 10, there's another international day. And after that, there would be other international days. So I would rather focus on our strengths, where we can contribute, and see that as a work in progress, something that um, goes beyond all of these events, but something that can also contribute to the other processes that are happening around us. Mm, well, thank you. Thank you, Nina. I think that's really important. I actually remember uh, being in a meeting with one of um, the survivors from the Pepisa network um, during the last 16 days, I think, last year and they were really challenging us saying you know the 16 days we should not be talking about uh, gbv or sexual and gender-based violence during the 16 days we should talk about all of this throughout the year and not just limit us to those um 16 days so thank you for bringing that uh, back again um solange yes i agree with the ways of it's everyone's responsibility to end gbv gender-based violence and I agree with the Nina, we need to evaluate ourselves. How, how best and how far, what has been working, what has been not working. This is a time not just to educate people, but because everyone has reached to the point, let's say majority, as us, the actors, what is it that I'm doing as individual today? Or what am I planning? How am I thinking to engage with the Facebook messaging or Twitter to, to ensure that I'm, I'm playing my, my role, I'm doing my part in ending, in trying to, to cave down the, the GBV? Because during the 16 days of activism, we see so many messages and they are contradicting. Some people are throwing uh, some not really uh, good messages related to the, the issues of uh, GBV and you find people are silent. Once you are there and you are silent, remember you are also a perpetrator in one way or another. Then my message, do your part, I do mm -hmm. my part. This is a time. Thank you. Mm, no, thank you very much. Thank you. So I think for me, um, there is so much that we can do, um, you know, uh, during these 16 days. I mean, we know that uh, violence against women is a global issue and uh, it does not happen just in countries where tier fund works, but it's a global issue. And, uh, and I really want to encourage our listeners, uh, if maybe those who are not based in uh, some of these countries where tier fund works, to, to really start, to start some critical conversations uh, around gender equality, because I think change really takes place at multiple um, levels, but it's key that we all play our part in advancing um, gender equality. And we can start this, and I think it's been talked about, we can, we can start this, you know, simply in our own personal spaces, in our homes, in our uh, families, with our partners and spouses, with children, even those that we care for, and just ask really simple questions, you know, for instance, like as a father, how do I interact with my children? you know, both boys and girls. And as a mother, am I upholding some norms which are actually harmful 
to my children, both men and both boys and girls, just really asking uh, simple questions uh, to reflect and, and it can be done at, uh, at multiple levels. Wow. Well, thank you so much, uh, team. I think um, just really to conclude, uh, it's been a great year. Uh, we have all been uh, inspired, uh, challenged, but also we have seen uh, uh, we have seen and we see uh, the hope. Uh, we see what God um, has done and can do in the lives of the many people that um, uh, we work with. There you have it. I hope you have enjoyed journeying with us over the last year as we told and heard stories of courage and hope in our quest to end sexual and gender-based violence and promote gender equality. In the meantime, if you want to know more about our work or catch up on previous episodes of the Faith and Development podcast from this season or our first season on peace building, you can do so by visiting learn.tearfund.org. We look forward to seeing you for season three. Thank you so much for listening.